Ho, 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 ho. It's March Madness Eve, and Santa Claus Michael Jordan is out here delivering presents to these babies while they are all snuggled so warm in their beds dreaming of sugar plums. I'm passing out upsets, and nail biters, and buzzer beaters, and perfect brackets, and oh, some podcast information, because today we're talking about the East region. We're going to preview that. We're talking about Leaky Black's defensive versatility, and we're going to look at the first normal NCAA tournament since 2019. Wow, what a joy it is. Santa Claus welcomes you on in to this edition of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Wednesday, March 16th, 2022, better known this year as March Madness Eve. That's right, tomorrow it all starts. Well, you know, we had the first four last night, Tuesday night, two of the games, two more tonight. But let's be honest, the real thing, it starts tomorrow, Thursday cannot wait. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I am your host, Isaac Shade, beat writer for Sports Illustrated's North Carolina site, All Tar Heels. And I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen, and if you're watching on YouTube, your first watch every single day. Please don't forget, we are free and available anywhere you get your podcast. Speaking of which, uh, the tournament starting tomorrow, I am going to be in Fort Worth for Carolina's first and hopefully second round matchups. Would love to meet you, would love to shake your hand, dap you up, whatever it is. Say what's up as we get ready to watch some great NCAA tournament action. Now, legitimately, I joked about being Santa Claus Michael Jordan off the top, but uh, if you're listening to this, if you're watching, you already know. If you're listening, I really am. I'm wearing uh, a Michael Jordan North Carolina jersey. I'm rocking my son's Mickey Mouse Santa Claus hat because it's Christmas time in college basketball world. There is no better thing. Speaking of my son, this is also a very sad day and week for me. I'm originally from Atlanta, GA, huge Braves fan, and so uh, we are mourning the loss of Freddie Freeman right now. Cannot believe he's gone, cannot believe the Braves didn't keep him, but the good news is Last season, my wife and I bought my son a Braves jersey, and we were debating between Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna, and uh, I would just like to show you we made the right decision. That's right. That says Acuna Jr. for those of you who aren't uh, watching this on YouTube, or as my wife says, Acuna Jr. Just to show more of my Braves love and fandom, this is a bobblehead of what I call the slide. The ending of the 1992 NLCS Game 7. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go watch it immediately. It will change your life. One of my favorite sports moments of all time. All right, we're diving in. We're talking about, at, off the top today, the preview of the East region, which is what the Tar Heels are in. So that's why we're talking about it. I, I ran down uh, the, the teams in this tournament. Uh, excuse me, in this bracket the other day, but let me hit it back for you. We've got in the first game, Baylor versus 16 Norfolk State, Carolina versus Marquette in the 8-9, St. Mary's versus Wyoming or Indiana, which we know now it's Indiana. Uh, 4-13 is UCLA and Akron. 
611 is Texas and Virginia Tech, 314 Purdue and Yale, 710 is Murray State and San Francisco, and 215 is Kentucky and St. Peter's. So those are your eight matchups. What I want to do is go through, we're going to pick them all up, I'll say a couple words about some of them, and we're going to work our way right on through to me unveiling for you who I think is the team that is going to come out of the East region and represent this region in the Final Four. So let's start back at the top. Baylor, Norfolk State. Listen, don't overthink this. It's the reigning national champions. It's a one versus 16. It's only happened once and we know who that was and it ain't happening this year. Baylor moves on to the second round. Next up, also from Fort Worth, Texas, that second game, Carolina, eight seed versus Marquette, the ninth seed. We're going to unpack a full preview of this on tomorrow's show. Obviously, in the lead up, got to do our four corners preview. But the Tar Heels are going to win this. I'm telling you right now, that's what's going to happen. In the 5-12 game, we've got St. Mary's versus Indiana. Indiana beat Wyoming in the first four on Tuesday night. And uh, I'm going to say they are this year's UCLA. Coming out of the first four, uh, Indiana's playing hot in the Big Ten tournament, beat Wyoming, and I think they are going to beat St. Mary's, St. Mary's excuse me, and move on to the second round. That next game coming down the East Bracket, the fourth seed UCLA Bruins against the Akron Zips, the 13th seed. What a great nickname. Too bad it's not going to be in the tournament very long. The Bruins are moving on a little bit more of that magic left over from last year. Moving down to the bottom half of the bracket, we've got the sixth uh, seeded Texas Longhorns against the Virginia Tech Hokies coming off that crazy impressive ACC championship. Texas has underwhelmed and underperformed this year. Preseason, many people had them top 10 nationally, and they just haven't done it. They did play in a tough Big 12, but uh, they ain't winning this game. The Hokies stay hot. Virginia Tech, 11 seed, moving on. On down is Purdue, the three seed, versus Yale. Uh, Purdue, as, as I said on Monday's show, is this year's Iowa. Fantastic offense, can't play a lick of defense, but they've got enough to overcome the smart kids in Yale. Purdue moves on to the second round. Next, Murray State, the seventh seed, versus the tenth seeded San Francisco Dons. I hate that these two teams are matched up because I really wanted to see them both be able to move on to the second round. Both great mid-major teams, but ultimately for me, it's all about Murray State. I think they are this year's Loyola Chicago. They are moving on to the second round where they will face the Kentucky Wildcats who, Wildcats, who will come out of that 2-15 matchup against St. Peter's. Moving into the second round, we will have Baylor versus North Carolina. You might not have looked into Baylor too much because you're probably spending a lot of time on Marquette, but I'm looking ahead because i got to have the answers for you. Baylor's missing two of their key contributors, uh, Jonathan Chama Chachua, who has been out for several weeks now, and probably LJ Cryer will still be out. I think because of that, Carolina is going to be able to overcome the Bears, who are playing very close to home. It's going to be sad for their fans, but the Tar Heels are moving on to the second weekend and the Sweet 16. Next will be Indiana versus UCLA. I just told you, I think Indiana is this year's UCLA getting hot at just the right time, coming out of that final four, to or the first four to make the Sweet 16. That's what they're doing. UCLA is not going to repeat last year's magic. The four seed is going home. 
Virginia Tech versus Purdue. Been a great run for the Hokies, but Purdue's just got too much size. They're going to overwhelm Justin Mutz and Keve Aluma, and Purdue is moving on to the second weekend. And this is where it gets interesting. Murray State versus Kentucky. The fighting Ja Morants are this year's Loyola. I just said it. They're underseeded and a team that nobody wants to see coming. They're going to beat Kentucky, who never fully got back healthy at the end of the season with their guards. And uh, it is a couple holdovers, K.J. Williams and Tevin Brown from that 2019 season that, that upset Marquette. Marquette's losing a lot right now, and uh, they're going to move things on for the racers into the second round. Why? They have the highest winning percentage in all of basketball. Haven't lost since late December. That's what's happening. So then, Sweet 16, regional semifinal. We got Carolina versus Indiana, two of the most historic programs in the country, and Purdue versus Murray State. I'm saying the Tar Heels are rolling on. This is where Indiana's magic runs out. Uh, I think Leaky Black will be able to shut down Trace Jackson Davis if he guards him. And uh, the Tar Heels are moving on to the Elite Eight. And then we've got Purdue, Murray State. This is where I think Murray State's run ends and Purdue's size with Travion Williams and uh, some of the rest of that team. Jaden Ivey running the show. He's just, he's just too much. And that wins out over Murray State. So then that brings us to the regional final, the Elite Eight a matchup from back in Uncasville in November, Tar Heels and Purdue. Carolina fought in that game, lost just by nine. But unfortunately, I'm going to say Purdue is winning this game again, going to beat the Tar Heels, just overwhelming Carolina with their size. Purdue is coming out of the East. They're going to be the Final Four representative from the East bracket. As much as I hate to say it, that is what I see happening in this region. Well, a big part of what's going to lead Carolina to that Elite Eight appearance is Leaky Black's defensive prowess. His versatility over the last three games in the guys he's been guarding is, is crazy and unparalleled. What do I mean by that? We're going to talk about it in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Stat Hero. Again, March Madness starts tomorrow. Stat Hero's NCAA single game pick'em pits all the star players against each other in this great hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers who always seem to have the upper hand against you as the player. And so start focusing on the players you know better with a gameplay that's easy to understand, doesn't rely on big spreads or weird props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning 4% or four times, excuse me, more often. Why is that? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who you're playing or who you're going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through and decide you want to take on head-to-head. -head. It's a preset lineup, and then you pick your players, and let's see who wins. This simple and sleek gameplay is going to have you up and running in no time, and that's what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. And if you use promo code locked on, you're going to get a 100% deposit match. Again, that's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Terms and conditions apply. 
I want to also tell you about Built Bar. These bars are a great candy bar replacement option covered in 100% real chocolate. Some of the great flavors out are mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate shamrock. Give me some of that noise. These are all delicious bars. They're coming out with new flavors all the time, and I don't know how they do it, but they always taste great. They start there and then go back and also make it healthy for you. So that's a win-win. A typical candy bar can be found to have anywhere between two to 300 calories, but Built Bar is checking in lower at about 130. So go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart and, and see the numbers. You are going to be blown away. In addition to just those 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Those numbers are awesome. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you're gonna get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. As we get into the second segment of the show, I want to remind you, today's really the last day that it makes sense to listen to the Locked On Bracket Breakdown. It's out right now. You can you probably saw it pop up, saw it pop up in your podcast feed here for the Locked On Tar Heels podcast. If you're not subscribed, go do it and you'll you'll find it there. And it's also on the YouTube channel so you can watch it. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every single matchup. So make sure you catch that before Thursday's action starts. All right, Leaky Black. This dude is on a different level right now, right? He's always been known uh, as a Tar Heel. He's always been known as a solid defender. But this season, it has just ramped up like crazy. Let me give you just what he has done the past three games. Cameron Indoor Stadium, final regular season game. Who does he take on? Presumably one of the top three picks in this year's NFL draft in Palo Bancaro. Now, what do you need to know about Palo Bancaro? Well, let's just talk with all these three uh, teams that he's just guarded. I'm just going to tell you the size of the people. Palo Bancaro, 6'10", 250. Nice. Then Carolina in their first game in the NCAA, or excuse me, in the ACC tournament goes up against Kihei Clark. Bancaro is 6'10", right? You remember I just said that? Kihei Clark, 5'10", 172. One of those dudes is moving around a little bit more quickly than the other. One of those dudes has a lot more size than the other. So yeah, that's what Leaky Black is dealing with. And then against Virginia Tech, started off against sharpshooter Hunter Couture, 6'3", so somewhere in between Bancaro and Kihei Clark, 200 pounds, chasing him around the three-point line. And then eventually, uh, as personnel changed and had to switch around, winds up taking some time on Justin Mutz, 6'7", 230. My man, Leaky, and, and let me give you Leaky's numbers really quick here. Six, uh, excuse me, 6'8", 200 pounds. So Bancaro, 6'10", Kihei Clark, 5'10", Couture, 6'3", Justin Mutz, 6'7". This dude is guarding a 1, a 2, a 3, and a 4. And Really, Bancaro could be a small ball five if necessary, but Leaky is guarding all of that. And not only are they different sizes, but they play different ways. Kihei Clark from Virginia, he he can score, sure, but he is a, more of a facilitator. And Leaky Black's job was just to blanket him. Coach Davis saw that Kihei Clark is the engine that makes Virginia go. So he said, Leaky, go shut that dude down. What did Leaky do? 
He stopped Clark in his tracks. Carolina won going away. Bancaro, he has this game that can do anything. He can get to the rim, pull up in, in transition or from mid-range at any point. He can shoot from outside. And he's got two inches and 50 pounds on Leakey. And Leakey's being asked to guard that. And he's doing it. Bancaro had a good game, sure. But he... Mm -mm. Leaky, that's what's up. And then Virginia Tech, you've got Hunter Couture, this three-point specialist. Sure, he can get to the rim a little bit, but 6'3", 200 pounds. Uh, Leaky's got all this size on him, which is going to bother him. But, man, Leaky's having to chase him around screen after screen after screen to get open. You know how teams do for three-point shooters. And then he's got to go guard a bruiser in Justin Mutz. This dude is thick. He's only 6'7", but 230 pounds. And Leaky has an inch on him, but gives up 30 pounds and has to hold on to this dude in the post after chasing the Hokies sharpshooter around. All this to say, Leaky Black is locked in on a different level, and it doesn't matter who you throw at him or what who Coach Davis throws him at, he's going to lock them down. That's what's happening. Uh, Carolina had a um, press conference on Tuesday uh, before they left for the Fort Worth area. And one of the questions Leaky Black was asked was about how, how he's leaned into that this year. And he talked about how just over about the past month or so, things have really clicked into place for him. And he um, talked about how his dad has said that you need to take pride in this defense. And, and that is how you make your name. That is how you stay on the court. And so Leaky said, I'm just, I'm doing it. And he is. And I haven't even named, that's just the past three games. We're not even talking about Darion Sebron from NC State and how Leaky shut him down or DeVoe or any of these other dudes that have had monster years except when they've been up against Rayshon, Leaky, Malik, Black. That's what's happening. So, all that to say, what is going to happen when Carolina plays Marquette? Well, as I said, we're going to have a full um, Marquette uh, preview here on Thursday's show, tomorrow's show on the first day. So listen to it as you prepare to watch the Tar Heels or while you're playing a little bit of hooky at work. Dive into that. But let me just give you a little preview of Marquette. Leading scorer... 17.1 points a game, seven leading rebounders, 7.9 rebounds per game, is Justin Lewis. Let me tell you about Justin Lewis. He is a freshman, 6'7", 245. Big dude, right? One inch smaller than Leakey, but he's got 45 pounds on him. Leakey did okay with Bancaro, who has three more inches than that and five more pounds. Also, Leakey has all the wily veteran moves and would be going up against a freshman. Now, freshmen in this day and age, right? We've got the Bancaros, the Jabari Smiths at Auburn. We've got all these dudes that are insane with what they're doing. Uh, Chet Holmgren up at Gonzaga. But this freshman from Marquette put up against Leakey Black, I know he's leading his team in scoring and rebounding. Coach Davis is going to sick Leaky Black on him, and it is going to be the end of his day. And when Leaky Black takes all that away, both that scoring and that rebounding, you know what that does? That opens up, it forces A, Marquette to have somebody else who wins for them. 
but it also frees up other Carolina guys to start doing what they need to do to, to be disruptive defensively, to score on the offensive side of the court. Sure, any points from Leaky are a bonus, but when he's shutting all that down, it's great. Now, there's also the possibility he might wind up spending some time on senior Daryl Morcell, 13.5 points a game. He's been around. He would have been in that game, as you recall, in Chapel Hill last year. He's 6'5", 205, so Leaky would be fine with him Although senior on senior, there's a, li a little more uh, experience on both sides there. And that, that actually might be a little bit more of a tougher draw for Leakey. But I'm going to suggest he will be on one of those two guys most of the night. But my thought is that he will wind up on Lewis. And so my take, Leakey shuts down Lewis, stunting Marquette's ability to score. And while Shaka Smart's team is going to be disruptive and physical, Carolina's going to find a way to do it all thanks to what Leaky Black's doing on the defensive side of the ball. Well, one of the great things about this tournament and this game is that we are finally getting back to a normal tournament. There are a couple things that are still pandemic-y <laughs> surrounding things, but for the most part, Leaky Black and his teammates are going to get to participate in a standard, typical, normal NCAA tournament. I'm going to talk more about that in just a second, but I want to tell you first about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, and with the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's almost impossible for your local auto parts store to stock everything you need. I've got a big hole in my muffler right now in my car. You can hear it from a mile away. And so I don't want to go to the store and be asking for all, like, how can you make this happen? I want to go to Rock Auto and find the part that I need, order it, and then take it to a store and have them put it in for me, in inevitably saving time and money. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and that consistency is something that you can believe in. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and their inventory has everything that you need. So, again, save time and money when using Rock Auto. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for all your auto part needs. Brake pads, lights, motor oil, and even new carpet. And while you're there, write Locked On, on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Well, Hosanna praises for the first time since 2019, we are having a normal tournament. You might remember 2019, Virginia won the tournament. They had some crazy close calls, wound, out, wound up getting that victory, avenging what happened the year before with that first round loss to UMBC, first ever time, 16 over one. But then we got to 2020 and everything fell apart. And uh, I, I probably very similarly to you, I remember exactly where I was when all of that happened. Um, I, I was boarding a plane to go to my grandpa's funeral. I look at my phone and it says 2020 March Madness has been canceled. Bummer, but understandably so. Last year, we got to have a tournament, but you'll recall that was no way near normal. Kind of followed the NBA model. There was a, a bubble-ish going on in Indiana with all of these sites in and around the Indianapolis greater metro area. Players were confined to their hotels, could only leave to go to games or practices or media obligations, whatever it was. And so uh, great to have the tournament back. So happy for Baylor in winning. But my oh my, it just was not the same. But you know what's about to happen? If you watched the first four, you saw it going on there in Dayton. 
we are getting back to normal, to the best time of the year, the greatest time of the year, filled with all these wonderful games, all these wonderful shots, and nail biters, and upsets, and everything else, and people are going to be in the building to give it all this energy, and excitement, and it's going to be rad and incredible. So, um, uh, there, like I said, though, there are a couple things that are still a little bit off or wonky. So, for example, like I had said earlier, I'm going to be able to go down to Fort Worth and, and be there uh, to cover the game um, for Sports Illustrated. And so, um, one of the things that came in my media packet is it says that we're still not allowed in the locker rooms. There's only going to be select media from like CBS entities or TBS entities or Westwood One, who's the official radio sponsor, who will be able to be part of some of that things. And so, you know, there, there are some things like that that won't be standard, like instead of uh, uh, press food, uh, we're going to have vouchers to go to the concession stand or whatever. So that's kind of funny. But fans will be in the arena. Families will go get to see their, their sons play and, and daughters play in the women's tournament. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And you know the players are pumped for it. You know the coaches are pumped for it. You know the referees are probably pumped for it. It just brings more life and vitality to what's happening rather than it feeling like a scrimmage or something dumb and dull and boring like that. So, on this same press conference on Tuesday where I referenced Leaky Black talking about it, Coach Davis and several of the players acknowledged uh, just the difference that it will be. Coach Davis talked about how he actually really hasn't addressed uh, the, the difference in having fans back really all year. There was the first um, true road test at, at Charleston, at College of Charleston. He said, I didn't really talk to him much about it there or what it would be like to run out of the Smith Center to, to a raucous home crowd for the first time. Um, and so he said, I really haven't dived into doing that for the NCAA tournament either, um, other than talking about just how exciting it will be and, and talked about some of his own experiences as a player having this opportunity. Um, what's interesting is there are two players on Carolina's roster who have been in the NCAA tournament in a normal fashion before. Uh, one of them at Carolina and the other Brady Manick, who got to experience it twice at Oklahoma. Remember uh, that Manick, this is his fifth year of college basketball. And so he was at Oklahoma in both 18 and 19, those last two regular NCAA tournaments before the pandemic hit. And so uh, with Oklahoma, just want to run you through a little bit of, of Brady Manick's and Leaky Black's experiences in a normal tournament before now. 2018, Oklahoma made the NCAA tournament, uh, lost, unfortunately, to Rhode Island in overtime, 83-78. You might recall that game because that was Trey Young's only year in college. Interestingly, as I looked back on their roster, Cam Mcgusty, who's now one of Miami's studs, star players, was uh, a starter for Oklahoma in that game. Manick did play. He played 19 minutes off the bench, had four points and seven rebounds. Um, and then in 2019, Oklahoma played two games as a nine seed. They beat Ole Miss 95-72. That's nice. Wiped them off the floor. Uh, Manick, 18 points, three steals in 26 minutes, was seven of nine from the floor and two of three from three. So great game for Brady Manick. Great experience. He's been there. He's done it. He's led a team uh, to, uh, in scoring, which we'll talk about in the next game. They did end up losing to Virginia uh, on their way to that national championship I just referenced a minute ago. 63-51, so a close game um, as the Cavs were just on their way to that 
that run that was just kind of felt like it was meant to be with all the lucky things that happened to them along the way. In that game, Manic tied for the team lead with 13 points and added five boards. So that is his normal NCAA tournament experience. He was in the NCAA tournament with Oklahoma last year, but in the bubble. And then Leaky Black back in 2019. Uh, you might, I know this seems far away. In 2019, just you know, a couple tournaments ago, the Tar Heels were a one seed, right? Do you remember this? Kobe White, Cam Johnson, that whole crew. As a one seed, they beat Iona 88-73. Then in the second round, went on and beat Washington 81-59. And then ultimately lost to Auburn 97-80 to as Auburn went on that crazy run, beat Kentucky, made the final for that year. Um, now, of course, we also got to go back. And Iona, what are you doing getting the Tar Heels sick? I forever will blame that as why the Tar Heels ultimately lost to Auburn. Nasir Little just was unhealthy. It was a whole thing. Anyway, Leaky Black did play in all three of those games in 2019, but just had a, a log jam ahead of him in terms of minutes and personnel. And so just played a couple uh, bit minutes off the bench in each game. But he does have experience playing in NCAA, three NCAA tournament games. So does Brady Manick. Manick in a, in a bigger role. But nobody else on this Tar Heel roster has played in a typical, normal, big crowd NCAA tournament game. And so what does that mean? In this day and age, for a, a blue blood, a high major team like Carolina to have two of their starters with that level of experience in a normal NCAA tournament is going to be something that a lot of teams in this tournament won't be able to match up against or have on their own roster. And so having 40% 40, 40 of your starters with three games of NCAA tournament experience each is huge, huge, uh, excuse me, three games of normal NCAA tournament experience each is so big and monumental that I think that's going to be a big part of helping Carolina have this victory over Marquette on Thursday in the first game. Well, that is it for this edition, today's edition of Locked on Tar Heels. Again, if you're driving down to Fort Worth or flying over to Fort Worth, please, please, please come find me. I would love to meet you and talk to you and, and say hi and, and talk about what's going on in life. And, and uh, you can cheer on the Tar Heels. I won't be able to because I'll be on press row, but uh, you cheer for me and that'll, that'll be great. Please, 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 wherever you're listening to this, go and subscribe to the show so you get podcasts whenever it drops into the feed. And if, if you're listening on, on a platform where there's rating and um, review opportunities, please, please do that. If you like what you're hearing on this show, please tell a friend. Would love to have more people coming in. There's more people coming all the time. Uh, Tuesday was the most downloads in Locked on Tar Heels podcast history. So keep it going, y'all. Keep this great momentum going. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we are going to preview Carolina and Marquette because it's happening on Thursday. We'll use our four corners preview that I do for that. We're going to preview the rest of the NCAA tournament. I want to give you my final four picks and we're going to get everything ready for what's happening all around the country at the greatest time of the year. Buckle up. It's coming. March Madness 2022. Thanks so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen. And if you're watching, your first watch every single day. Now, let me encourage you to make Locked On NFL Draft your second listen. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So thanks so much for spending part of your day 
talking Carolina sports with me. What a joy to be together. I hope you've had a great time and you're getting primed and ready for this tournament just like I am. Man, it is always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, it's Christmas Day! <laughs> Peace!